Welcome to That Rooted Feeling Podcast, where we bring you high-value health information and practical tips to help you improve your lifestyle habits with a focus on plant-centered nutrition. So you can achieve optimal wellness that radiates into and improves all areas of your life, giving you that rooted feeling that you won't know until you have it. Hello. Welcome back. Welcome back. Another week. It is another week. What episode number are we on? I don't even know, (laughs) but today we're going to take a different direction. Actually, this is going to be kind of impromptu because Brooke messaged me a couple days ago and was like, hey, Jamie, you know, I'm going to scratch the episode we have planned for this week. And I think it's really important right now to dive into how powerful the mind is for our health and well-being and like really tapping into that conscious and subconscious level. Um, So today we're going to take it that direction. Yeah, good. Okay. Um, So yes, I'm Dr. Brooke Stubbs. I am a lifestyle medicine and internal medicine physician. Jamie, my co-host, she is a health coach. We both really believe in lifestyle medicine, but in the background of helping our patients to achieve a better lifestyle is this mindset work. And I just have really felt a calling to put it out there because in my world, it's so scientific. It's all about what we can show through science, what the cause and the effect is. And I think science is finally catching up to this mindset work. Um, But the power of the mind is so profound that um, I've been experiencing it myself lately I know that I help my patients with it and I would be doing our listeners a disservice or we would be doing them a disservice if we didn't really talk about this topic. So we were supposed to do hydration, which we'll get to at some point, but I just felt the calling to really dive into that today. Yeah, we're excited to share this part of our journey with you guys. I think that's what really connected us initially. I think it was, you know, we both worked bedside. We worked in the hospital setting and saw the, you know, dramatic need for this preventative approach. But once we got out of bedside and dove deeper on our own wellness journeys, it was like this mindset piece, which we both integrate into both of our practices Uh is so incredibly powerful and you can't deny it in terms of promoting, you know, long-term health and happiness in your life. And I have to say that I think our society as a whole is waking up to it, which is really exciting because I think you know, the act of one person can raise everybody else. But um, when were you, do you remember first being introduced to mindset work or the power of attraction or power of positive thinking? I did read The Secret. Did you read that book? I didn't read it, but I read um, my dad in high school. He wrote a very beautiful inscription into Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. Okay. I still have it. I actually started re-listening to that audio book again. And then he had me sit down with my best friend. Um, shout out Julia back in Kentucky. Um, we sat down in high school and watched The Secret together. And it was just, it felt like a very pivotal moment in my life. Yeah. I, I'd say that was it for me. I read The Secret. I feel like it was back in college, but it really wasn't until truly like my motherhood journey and feeling the need to like tap deeper into myself to become the healthiest version of me. I think that my kids kind of like ignited this passion inside of me to dive deeper into not just my physical health, but my mental health and how I can be the best for them and also myself in life. And it's just grown to this. I mean, it's a journey. It's, I feel like I've grown mentally so much, like 
you cannot talk about no. health without talking about <laughs> yeah. this. And it's, it's palpable and an energy level. You can feel it in yourself. And especially when you spend that time like meditating and going inward and feeling what that energy feels like. Um, and that's in a stark contrast to when your mind is just racing with thoughts and having that energy, that kind of buzzing, unsettling energy. Um, and I think the more time you spend in that, that centered energy, the the more you realize just like how much control we have. I mean, you know, you were talking about your patient just being a calmer mother from, from all of the coaching that you're doing with her. Yeah. Same. I feel like I can approach my relationships, even if I am irritated, even if I do have some of that kind of surface ego mind, you know, thoughts yeah. going on with all of the mind work that I'm doing consistently, meditating, bringing myself inward, I'm able to really rationalize through my emotions better. For sure. Yeah. Once you have that level of awareness, I think those practices, like you talked about meditation and journaling and all of these practices we've integrated on our wellness journey help you tap into that space, right? Yeah. Um, and you just radiate a calmness and a presence and an awareness about you once you start moving in this direction. Absolutely. And I know that it's helping our health. Yeah. So let's dive in there, Brooke. Yeah. So when we talk about the mind and how it can affect our overall health, we have seen it through studies. And so we do a lot of this here. So, you know, instead of just being woo-woo and putting it out there and expecting us to believe you, let's give you some things that have been studied. And the first was World War II when they studied the placebo effect. What happened was soldiers were coming into the clinic and they ran out of morphine and the nurse was injecting saline and telling the soldiers that this was going to take care of their pain and the pain was going away. And so that was the first instance that is documented that we know of the placebo effect. Since then, there's been multiple ways that we've seen the placebo. One is a sham surgery, right? So if doctors or surgeons will cut open a patient, create an incision, do nothing of the surgery that would heal whatever ailment they were, you know, supposedly trying to heal from, but then close up the patient and tell them that they had had the surgery, the mind was powerful enough to heal the ailment. Yeah, that's incredible. Yeah, so it's not nothing. And whenever we look at a medication, right? So we do all these rigorous scientific medications. And the first step of that is to see if the medicine itself can do as good or better than the placebo yeah. effect. So when you're looking at these medicines, you're not just saying, do they work or do they not work? They're putting these patients with a medication next to a patient who hasn't had the medication but told they had the medication and said, okay, is it better than the mind itself? Yeah. And so we have to give credence to that effect. We really have to think about that. Um, I just watched a TED Talk by Alia Crum. She's a fantastic researcher. She's at Harvard now, but she was at Yale. So they did a study where they had people in a clinic and they created an allergic histamine reaction with a like a pinprick on the arm. And so it created a little welt on the arm. Mm -hmm. And they told the patients, okay, we're going to put this cream on. And it was the same cream for both groups. But half of the people, they said, it's going to make your welt bigger. And the half of the people, they said it was going to make your welt smaller. Same cream, though. Yeah, same cream. And predictably, with the mind, that happened. Wow. 
And and that's just incredible. But they went one step further, which was really, I thought, so cool and very insightful. And she got she's gotten awards for being just like a forward thought leader. Um, but she's she, so then they they did the same experiment, but they changed the context of this. And how they did that was they put them, um, they they administered these creams by providers that were either deemed to be warm or not warm and competent versus incompetent. So they changed little things like instead of fellow on their badge, they put like student doctor and they had them fumble with a mm-hmm. blood pressure cuff and like avoid eye contact. And so when they were working with a doctor who they thought were warm and competent, um, then the effect was even stronger. They trusted what they were going to say. And so the well got bigger and went away more. So context is really important to what our brain can affect too. You know, our um, our science is catching up with this too because we can measure brain activity. We can We can see on scans that, you know, if you are in a imagery and you can say that, you know, if you can think of a situation you're going through, those spots in your brain will light up as if those things are really happening. Yeah. And so the opposite is also true. So we can, you know, if we have these positive effects, if if positive things can affect our health, you know, if we can believe in a medicine to heal us, if we can believe in a doctor's warmth and competence, we can also take on negative beliefs too. And that's one of the things in our subconscious that we need to be aware of, but we know that stress will decrease immunity, right? Mm -hmm. If you are walking around in the world and you're getting all these subconscious cues about fear, what could happen to you, what, you know, your genetics show you about what your health is going to look like, you know, name it. We're, you're building a belief system based on all of those things that are happening to you. So if, if you're not consciously trying to slow those thoughts and decide whether those are true for you or not, you are just going to be storing that information in your brain and it may come to fruition in how your environment and your, your physical nature ends up. And so it's really important to notice what you're letting into your life. Are you watching news with all the bad news that, you know, media gets attention for? Or do you have the right friends that are promoting happiness and forgiveness and health? Or are they complaining, right? Do you have people who elevate your lives? That's really important, right? Are you giving yourself time to turn off your brain through meditation or breathing or yoga so that you can slow all of the thoughts and decide which ones you're going to let into your brain? Yeah. And that's the primary basis for coaching and why I really aligned with coaching because it wasn't just educating patients or clients on, you know, what are the opti- what's optimal nutrition? What's the best way to move your body? But it's really getting down to these belief systems. So in the coaching model, your circumstances create your beliefs, your beliefs create your thoughts, your thoughts create your feelings and your feelings create your actions, which then create your results. So if you really want true lasting change in your life, you really have to go back to the beginning of that sequence and go back to your belief system. Yeah. And we were talking earlier, it's like whatever it is you believe is going to get you to optimal health, do that. Yeah. Act in line with your belief system. Now, most people are going to tell you they believe that 
fruits and vegetables are healthy for them. So if you believe that and you want to be healthy, do that. Now, if you wanted to believe that eating ice cream every day was going to make you healthy, it probably would. But I'm not telling you on a surface level, you have to really believe that in your bones that that would make you healthy. And when we talk about that, like there have been studies that show if I give somebody this calorie meal and this calorie meal and it's the same macronutrients, the same component, but I tell one of them it's healthier than the other, they will have different properties about their weight or their health, their vital signs after that meal. Similarly, if we tell somebody, they did a study of um, janitorial staff and they said, when you're working and you're using all this physical energy, it's not enough. And then they told half of them, oh, it's, it's sufficient for good health. And so then they measured afterwards and they saw that their blood pressure, their heart rate, and maybe even their weight was better after several weeks. And so what you believe promotes health actually will promote health. So we could talk to you all day long about what's healthy and whether or not you believe that it's healthy is going to determine whether or not it promotes your health. For sure. I always try to work on patients' belief in themselves. So build that belief in yourself because that's going to translate into all areas of your life. Yeah. And I do want to, you know, here's the other thing. It's like, why do we believe that fruits and vegetables are so healthy? Why did it get to the point where if you're eating fruits and vegetables, you're healthy? That had to been, you know, a a theme that was perpetuated over time for us all to believe that. And it comes down to energy, right? Positive thoughts are energy, negative thoughts are energy. If you think about positive thoughts, they're on a higher vibration. You can feel that. You Mm -hmm. have more energy about you when you're in a positive mood. Similarly, food has energy. We can measure vibrational energy of food. We can look at it with a device to measure light energy. And we see it through angstroms as the measurement. And higher angstroms means a higher vibration of food. And those things are fruits and vegetables, whole grains, plants that come from the earth. Now, in the middle rung of that, those angstroms where they kind of get a little bit lower is like when we start to cook those things. So the vibration goes down a little bit. You might get other minerals. And so I'm not saying it's bad to cook your fruits and vegetables, but it does. It lowers the vibrational Mm -hmm. energy and it can be measured. Similarly, kind of in that middle range, like you have a happy chicken who's laying eggs, fresh laid eggs from an organic, you know, um, farm. Free range farm, yeah. yeah, free range farm chicken is going to be in that middle range of vibration. Now on the low end of that is ultra processed foods. So basically, you know, you've taken the whole grain and you've made it into something that it doesn't, it didn't look like in its original form. You're really going to lower the energy. And likewise, dead animals, beef, chicken, all of those things have a really low vibration. So you are what you eat. If you eat a lot of low vibration foods, you're going to have a lower vibration. And that's going to affect your mood. And we're, we're measuring all of these things through science, through the gut microbiome, through serotonin, through our neurotransmitters, through our hormones. But all of it comes down to is we're all energy. To energy, yeah. And everything has energy. The sun has energy. We've seen the benefits there. Grounding, putting your feet on and the, the earth, earth right? Yeah. All of our body centers have energies, like yogis call them the chakras, right? So we have a heart center that has energy. And it's just incredible, like, you know, what we're learning to tap into these and how being in this energetic flow, this positive energetic flow can really transform your life. Right. I mean, the woo has to meet the work. I think I heard (laughs) uh, Jenna Kutcher say this on one of her podcasts, Right. right? It's not just all 
affirmations, but like once you get into this vibrational frequency, your actions start to change, right? And right. then your results change. So. Right. And and being really discerning about where you put your energy and what energy you bring in. Too. Yeah. So being really consistent about your environment and how you prioritize your energy and your time is important to your health. And you and I feel that, you know, when we started getting up earlier to prioritize our time, we were getting up earlier. One would not think that it would make you more energetic, but it did, right? And yeah. it was all about the energy we were giving to ourselves during that time. For sure. Pouring into ourselves first, you know, really allowing us to show up as, as our best. And I am a huge proponent of an early morning to really honor yourself and, you know, tap into that, whether it's a meditation practice or something to tap into yourself yeah. first before you're just on this, you know, unconscious level where you're just responding to every need from right. your environment, right? Right. And those things that have been shown to improve that kind of energy are, you know, things like meditation and yoga and cognitive be- behavioral therapy. So, Meditation, yoga, and CBT have shown to decrease anxiety and panic attacks. Um, yoga and meditation activate a relaxation response from the parasympathetic nervous system via the vagus nerve, which is the brain's connection to the body. And then GABA, which is a neurotransmitter for happiness and relaxation, it goes up if you do yoga or walk one hour, three times a week. And that can improve your mood and it can decrease physical symptoms of anxiety. So like you said, whatever it is, whatever modality you have, we can measure that on some level. It really does affect whatever you can do to get that brain in a, you know, a calm nature and start to change the dynamic of, you know, negative thoughts to positive thoughts, it really will, really will affect your health. For we sure, see it yes. physically. But I also want to say, you know, we can be as centered as we want to be. I feel like I do a pretty good job. You do a pretty good, good job of really taking care of ourselves and centering our thoughts. And then, you know, unless we're enlightened, and if you've ever listened to Eckhart Tolle, like his voice is so calming, you're like, he has no stress. <laughs> How do I get there? Yeah. Um, but, you know, unless you're to that level, things are going to come up. And how, you know, how do you deal with that? How do you accept that there's still going to be contrast in your life despite all the work you're doing for yourself? Yeah, I think the most primal energy flow is survival instinct, right? We've talked about this before. And this is really just our own like inner fears, insecurities and everything coming up that we need to learn to navigate. And so through this work of like meditation, of these practices you talk about, it's really learning to center yourself enough to just kind of watch this stuff come up. You have this different level of awareness of like, I don't have to be a robot to my brain. I don't have to believe everything that my brain is telling me because a lot of times it's not serving you. So you have this awareness that you don't have to believe all these thoughts, right? And so if the thought comes up that, you know, I'm never going to be good enough to get this job, you have the ability and the awareness, you're centered enough through these practices to say, you know, that that thought doesn't serve me. How do I replace that with a thought that does? And then let that thought, that new thought, change my feelings about everything. And that's going to change my actions and my results. Right. And then really believing that in your identity too. Like being able to change the identity of who you want to become versus who you have believed you are for so long. And I think I work with my patients on this for a a lot, actually. I have them write down who it is they want to become, their higher self, who it is. If they could 
be anybody themselves, who is that person? And I think when you start showing up as that person, Mm -hmm. before that physically manifests, you start to act in ways that will surprise you. I'm just going to tell you a funny story. I... I've been every morning going like, even if it's like, I can't get out, but I'm like, show up as her and be, you know, you got to show show up up as as her her before you become her. I love that. And so this morning I walked in after I had, I had worked out and I took my shower and I walked into my closet where I have a mirror and, you know, I looked at my, caught a glimpse of my abs in my butt and I go, holy shit, this is working. (laughs) I love it. (laughs) You know, it's just kind of like I'm becoming her, but every day I'm already showing up as that end product. Yeah, and a lot of times it's not waiting for that motivation to become her. It's deciding. It's that deciding factor that like, I am going to be the person that is fit and that wakes up every morning that honors her body, right? And then start taking the action. The woo has to meet the work here. Like you take the action to become her. And eventually it's just going to be become a pattern and a habit in your life. Yeah. And then one day you wake up and you're like, I'm, I'm her. I'm her. Right. I'm, I'm, I am her. Right. So I I think the first step is writing it down and getting really, really clear about who that is. Yeah. And then everything that comes to you, you ask yourself, is that in line with this person who I want to become? And if it's not, let it go. Yeah. You're able to filter more. Yeah. Income and then be be very, very graceful with yourself when something comes in and it triggers you and these old patterns that you've been in for a long time, they don't go away overnight. Like I still get upset and have to apologize to my husband for being triggered by something because it's it's not in line with like that loving connection that I want to cultivate. But I've been so ingrained with these, you know, my perfectionism and this is how I want it done and I need to be loved this way. When really the person I want to be doesn't have a lot of those stipulations. Yeah, I'll have some boundaries, but I don't want to react. I don't, you know, not reacting, right? Not mm-hmm. being triggered. Just responding in a way once I've had time to really bring in a trigger and sit sit with those feelings and then and then respond. But being graceful with yourself and also just, you know, forgiving yourself for some of the things that you do that aren't in line with who you want to become and just trying to do better the next time. For sure. And we mentioned this before we started recording, but I think this is an important point. That her that you want to become, that success that you want to achieve, when that finally arrives, these feelings and thoughts, patterns that don't serve you, they're still going to come up in that in that point, right? So how can you live in the energetic now that you want to be in the future? Like, how is your success inevitable? How are you already enough right now? And how can you stay in that vibration of, that positive energy now, because you're not going to become this whole totally yeah. different person once that success arrives, right. right? When you get the car, when you get the house or the billion dollars, you don't already become happy. Yeah. If you haven't changed your identity to be happy and to accept the blessings in your life, not only will you not feel happy from them, right? Because th- those things don't make you happy. Exactly. You make yourself happy, but they might go away, you know, because if you can't identify with that person who has those things, mm-hmm. then they won't stay. For sure. And another thought that we were talking about before we started recording this was this, that like once your success arrives, it doesn't mean you're going to be happy then. So when we're so hyper-focused on this outcome and, you know, wanting to control or manipulate it, it doesn't allow us to show up fully and authentically and from a place of real, you know, gratitude and faith in ourselves now. So how can we surrender to that outcome and be in the energetic that's going to propel us to that place 
but be be in that energetic on the entire journey, not just when you yeah. achieve that success. And yeah, we were talking about this. I'm going to say it a little different way too. I love that. Um, but when you're so focused on the outcome and why it's not there, it's that energy that's going outward and it's keeping it away. Yeah. It's like that pushing energy that's keeping the success like at an arm's length. If for you're sure. reaching for it, it's keeping it at arm's length. Now, if you are, if your arm's not out reaching for it, if you are centered, you're magnetizing. You're starting to attract the success that you already see. Yes. Gosh, so powerful. <laughs> I love this <laughs> message. Okay, so <laughs> we just paused the recording for a minute and something else came up that we have to talk about because you know, the next episode we're going to record is about protein. And, you know, the original title was Misconceptions. And we thought that was probably too harsh. But, you know, we get so deep into the research of these things and going, oh, my God, is this true? No, is this true? Well, I believe yes. this before I start reading. And then so the point that I we want to make here in this episode is science is great. It leads us in directions, right? And we can we can know a lot through science, but it's also very limited into you know, what's actually going on. I mean, there's this, you know, magical world that we haven't even tapped the surface of everything to know, there is to know. And, you know, I think keeping that in perspective. So then I, I mentioned, I'm like, oh, well, did you know, you know, it's like whatever you're looking to find, you are going to find it. You're yeah. Find it. And that is a law of quantum physics. And if you've seen, um, I, I think you can Google on uh, YouTube, videos that will explain quantum physics to you. <laughs> it's so crazy because they'll do these photons of light versus like photons of sound. And if you split them, they have this pattern. And if you put them through this, you know, pattern, whatever, they'll have this wavelength pattern when they're measured on, you know, the on the other end or whatever. But then they do these studies where if you put a single atom, you know, through, it'll do this wavelength. But if you put them all together, they'll do this other wavelength. Mm -hmm. And it's as if the atoms know there's other atoms there and they scatter differently. But then you, and, and, and you can detect them and if they know whether or not you're detecting them and they'll act differently. And so, <laughs> I mean, I know it sounds crazy, but you got to watch the videos. And then there's like the, the, you keep watching and there's another video about the scientist and or the researcher, whoever's measuring whatever their intent to see affected the outcome. So it's whatever you want to be read and intentionally shown through your mind will start to manifest. Oh, so for sure. Yeah. That energy is powerful. There's even people that like they have a belief system and then they go follow people on social media that hold that same belief system that just ingrains it further, right? Uh-huh. And so you can And that's how Facebook worked. Yeah. You know, for <laughs> political um marketing, right? So it that's just an example of a macrocosm of the microcosm that's actually happening. It's, yeah. you know, when you believe something, it will be true for you. Your you know, your belief system is so powerful. And that's why we really wanted to, you know, <laughs> deliver this mind body, yeah. you know, health connection here and realize right. how powerful, yeah. you know, our belief system is right. Your perception is your reality. So yeah. be aware of what you're believing. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so in conclusion, to wrap all this up and to give our listeners tips on how to help control their mindset so that it can benefit them not only in their health, but overall in their lives. Meditation is so key and do this as many times as you can, you know, 
incorporate it into your daily practice. It is really hard to do when you get started. But the benefit is that it will slow all of these negative thoughts that you aren't discerning about that just come and go that you might be allowing in unconsciously. And so that you can start reframing your thoughts into a more positive outlook. Secondly, be aware of your environment. You are what you consume, not only in food, right? High vibrational foods are great. Have more of those. But you, when you consume toxic news feeds or things on your Instagram that might cause you to feel insecure or when you are watching horror movies, all of these things are getting placed in your subconscious to some degree or some level. So really only consume the things that bring you more happiness, more joy, less fear, more health, less insecurity, you know, more confidence. Yeah. And I think like Brooke said, you know, start with those practices of like meditation that really center yourself and allow you to be really conscious and aware. Um, And if you need help with that, you know, hire a coach or somebody that can really help you tap into that. But once you develop this awareness and this consciousness and allow yourself to stay open, you're really open to you know, keeping those energy centers open, like Brooke talked about, you're open to possibility and you're letting things flow through you, whether those are positive or negative, those can be negative feelings, those can be, you know, negative inputs from your environment, you're accepting them, like, you can't just like avoid, you know, bad feelings, right? You know, we really want to embrace them, be aware that they're there and see if they really serve you and allow them either to pass through you or hold on to them if they are truly positive and are going to benefit your life. Right. And I think that's hard work. And I agree. It is. If it's something that you're not accustomed to doing and you need some help or guidance, seek somebody out that can help you with that focus and to really, you know, do those things. I mean, it's, it's, it's a little bit intangible. So it takes a lot of patience and faith and effort, honestly. Yeah. And I see a lot of clients that are like, you know, I really want this goal. I'm doing this and this, but I just can't seem to get there. And a lot of times it's their own mind and their belief systems that are holding them back from the results they want and from living in this, you know, really conscious, aware state that allows them to flow with, you know, such positive energy. And so it may, this episode may sound completely woo to you, but um, there's science to support it. And I know Brooke and I, and I've seen many patients and clients, you know, feel the benefits of this and have true lasting results in their life. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it's so important, maybe as, as important as anything we talk about, that's really grounded in science or any belief system that I hold, it is in the background of everything that I do and always trying to amplify my mindset. So we hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you guys for listening. If you did like it, please subscribe Give us a five-star review and tell a friend who you think could benefit from listening to this episode too. And uh, we'll see you next week. Yeah, we'll see you next week, guys.